essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. My name is Sean. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me today on this episode. And while you're at it, take a moment to hit that like, subscribe, or favorites button on your podcast browser so you'll be informed every time we put out a new episode of our podcast. And be sure to join us on our Facebook page where we talk about the sick pick of the day, the superstar of the day, celebrating the wrestlers' birthdays, along with news, views, and predictions in the wrestling world. We can be found at the Scumbags Wrestling on Facebook, over on Twitter at Scumbags Canada, and on Instagram at Scumbags Wrestling, plus on our home on the internet, scumbags.ca. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. On this week's episode, we'll check out the results of London Vacation from Smash Wrestling, a little bit of Smash News from the independent wrestling scene, the Smash Wrestling Calendar, a trip back to the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory as we check in with Kyle Boone and Chris Mitchells before graduation next month. Then we'll take a trip and check out what happened at Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor event last night, along with some WWE news and the upcoming schedule for their events happening on the WWE Network. Thanks for joining me. We'll be right back after these messages. It's the best day of your life, because the realest guy in the room is coming to the 5th Annual London Comic Con. Meet wrestling superstar and rapper Eric Arndt, formerly known as Enzo Amore, now known as The Real One, appearing Saturday and Sunday. The 5th Annual London Comic Con, presented by Start.ca, happens this October 26th to 28th at the Western Fair Agriplex. It's a three-day celebration of art, comics, and pop culture with celebrity guests, vendors, and more. Southwestern Ontario's largest fan event. Come meet from Star Trek The Next Generation, Marina Sirtis, from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, James Marsters, Ted Raimi from Xena Warrior Princess, the Yellow Peril Ranger, Serena Vincent, the young Boba Fett from Star Wars Episode Two, Daniel Logan, from They Live, David Keith, from They Live, Keith David. Mr. McFreely from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, David Newell. 
and former UFC star and WWF Intercontinental Champion Ken Shamrock. Plus more announcements still to come. Tickets are on sale now. For tickets and more information, go to londoncomiccon.ca. Thanks to Super Partners, Start.ca, M&T Printing, Lens Mill Stores, Heroes Comics, Toboggan Brewing, Western Fair District, and Media Partners, London's Best Rock, FM96, Classic Rock, Free 98.1, and Fanatics. London Comic Con, October 26th to 28th. And this is your Smash Wrestling Report. Last week, Smash Wrestling returned to the London Music Hall for London Vacation. This event was recorded for a future episode of Smash Wrestling on the Fight Network. The show started off with a pre-match with Tyson Duke's students from the Wrestling Factory. Colt Bowman, Chris Mitchell's, and Kyle Boone faced off in a three-way triple threat. Mitchells and Bowman worked together most of the match as they were the heels going against Kyle Boone, but Boone was able to recover, and some mistakes between Bowman and Mitchells cost them the match when Boone was able to roll up Bowman for the victory. In the post-match, Chris Mitchells approached Colt Bowman's girlfriend, Ashley, and told her that she needed to get to the ring to be with Bowman. Ashley made her way to the ring to attend to her boyfriend, Colt, who then pulled out a ring and proposed to her in the middle as this was his first match and he wanted it to be a special occasion. Of course, Ashley said yes in front of everybody and they went back to the locker room very happy together. We'd like to congratulate Colt and Ashley on their engagement and all the best for the future. We will soon have Colt Bowman on our show with an interview and find out what that experience was all like and how his experience with training at Tyson Duke's wrestling school has been. The main show started with more of Tyson's students as the Russell factory took on Kill Screen in six-man tag team action. Representing the factory were Jim Strider, Jordan James, and Alec Realm. We still don't know who two of the members of Kill Screen were that were teaming with Scotty O'Shea. This match was filled with a lot of action, and the students actually did get the advantage for a while, but unfortunately... The experience of Scotty and whoever his two henchmen are was just too much as Jim Strider was held down and took a big hit for the loss as O'Shea pinned him. The next match on the card saw the singles debut of London's own Violet Lee taking on one of the Team Canada members for the Canusa Classic, Sander Bale. 
The hometown crowd was fully in support of Violet Lee as she made her way to the ring and competed against the veteran Bale. This, too, did have some great back-and-forth action, but just like the other students, the experience factor was just a little too much, and unfortunately, Xander pinned Violet Lee in front of her hometown. Halal Beefcake returned to London to face the team of Dylan Andrews and his trusty sidekick. Oddly enough, his trusty sidekick did look a little familiar, but wasn't quite sure who it was as this gentleman was under a mask throughout the whole match. The sidekick, unfortunately, didn't seem too trusty for Dylan Andrews as he wasn't willing to go to underhanded tactics to take down the team of Halal Beefcake. Due to his hesitance to be a part of any shenanigans, Dylan Andrews had nobody to look out for him and took the loss to Halal Beefcake. As Halal Beefcake celebrated and danced in the middle of the ring, the trusty sidekick seemed compelled to want to dance too. While doing so, he ended up taking out the mask and revealing that it was actually Puff that was the trusty sidekick. He took off his sweater, he took off his cape, and started dancing with Halal Beefcake as they exited the ring and moved forward. The next match before the intermission saw Kevin Bennett with his cousin Vinny by his side take on PCO Pierre Carolette. It's hard to believe that Pierre Carolette has transformed as he did from being the pirate and member of the Quebecers to this now unstoppable monster, his sort of Frankenstein persona. The size was just too much and the power and experience was too much for Kevin Bennett and even Vinny to handle and PCO got the victory. One half of the well-oiled machines and tag team champions, Psycho Mike Rollins, took on one of the pillars, Sebastian Suave, with Anthony Kingdom James by his side. We were shown what happened at Super Showdown involving Tarek and Sebastian, and how Sebastian was cut open and bled profusely during that match. Kingdom warned him that because of that injury, that Mike Rollins should not be hitting Sebastian Suave in the face, no punches allowed. There were multiple times during the match where Psycho Mike was so close to punching Sebastian in the face, but resisted. It wasn't until Psycho Mike was in the corner with Sebastian, about ready to land punches, that Psycho Mike's consciousness spoke to him, where, I guess we weren't supposed to hear it, but we did. And... He convinced himself to just hit Sebastian. Mike followed his inner voice and hit Sebastian numerous times in the face and continued throughout the match. The voice would come back a few more times and even 
convinced Mike to break the neck of Sebastian Suave. In doing so, it was thought that Sebastian might have died. A towel was given to referee Jay Smith to put over Sebastian to cover him as though he was dead. But then he wasn't. And he came back to life. And Psycho Mike needed to do mouth-to-mouth and CPR just to bring him back. Kingdom then distracted Psycho Mike, hit him with the cane, and Sebastian hit Psycho Mike from behind and got the victory. And he was still alive to fight another day. At one point during the match, one of the times that the voice came to warn Mike was the fact that he had left his oven on. But he ignored it and continued with the match. After the match, everybody reminded Mike to get home to see about the oven and make sure that it was turned off and save his home. Mike later on tweeted that all was safe and showed that the stove was off. In probably the best match of the night, the Pillars, Tyson Dukes, and Brent Banks faced the Buffalo Brothers of Daniel Garcia and Kevin Blackwood. The young upsets of Garcia and Blackwood held their own against Dukes and Banks. There was even dueling Boston Crabs with Dukes and Garcia facing off against each other, and then it turned into a throwdown of punches between the two as they released Blackwood and Banks to fight each other. In the end, the Pillars got the victory, but they showed respect afterwards, giving handshakes and hugs to each other in a well-fought effort and battle. After the match, Killscreen came down to the ring and attacked Garcia and Blackwood. It was revealed that one of the members of Killscreen was the friend that felt betrayed by Blackwood and was being blackmailed into while being with Scotty O'Shea. In the end, the crutch was used on Blackwood and the heels left with their head held high. The main event saw Tarek defend his newly won championship against Aiden Prince. Both guys were high-flying and hard-hitting throughout the match, but it wasn't enough, and Tarek retained his title with a victory over Aiden Prince. After the match, Tarek took to the microphone and acknowledged that not only last weekend prior to this did he defeat Sammy Callahan in his first title defense during 100 Part 2, but now he had defended against Aiden Prince and will defend against Tyson Dukes on October 14th as part of the This Is Smash free show in Toronto at the Rec Hall. Just because they're the two pillars of Smash Wrestling and independent wrestling in in Ontario for that matter, it still doesn't prohibit them to go into battle against each other for one of the biggest prizes in Ontario, the Smash Wrestling Championship. 
Yo, this is Tarek. You're listening to Scumbags of Wrestling. Punch, kick, chop, done. In Smash Wrestling news, Shotzi Blackheart has dropped out of the Canusa Classic next month as part of Team USA. It appears that she might be double booked down in Florida. Replacing her on Team USA is CCW star Navia. She is the wife of Jake Kreese and of Impact Wrestling's OVE. She will now join Team USA in Shotzi's place. Another member of the Canusa Classic, but on Team Canada's side, Nicole Matthews, has been prohibited from entering the U.S. for the next five years, possibly due to some visa status issues. She will now have to find bookings everywhere but the U.S. for that duration of time, unless something changes between now and then. News came out this week that Joey Janela, who had been injured during his match with Psychosis at Game Changer Wrestling's New Jersey show, had hurt his knee while doing a crossbody onto the floor. There are a number of tears, and I'm not a doctor and really can't go through that list uh, that he had, but it was an extensive list of injuries, and unfortunately, it does mean that he'll be requiring surgery in the near future and be out 6 to 10 months. So, unfortunately, as we've seen Joey Janela recently at the Northern Tournament and at Super Showdown, he will be not stepping into a Smash Wrestling ring for the near future. Remember to watch The Hangover with Scott Hunter and The Muscle every Wednesday on Facebook at 9 p.m. And catch Smash Wrestling on the Fight Network Thursday nights at 10 p.m. following Impact Wrestling. They are now in a new 90-minute time slot. This past week, they showed the beginnings of the mystery show. Next week, will be more mystery show matches. And then probably venturing off to here for London vacation in the weeks to come. Stay tuned for your Smash Wrestling calendar. And this is your Smash Wrestling event calendar. Coming up tomorrow, Smash Wrestling presents Don't Test Karma at the Taste of the Tannery. Bell time is 6 o'clock with the doors opening at 5 o'clock. We have a group coming to Kitchener tomorrow and we hope that you can join us. If you want to join me, please send me a message at the Facebook group and find out how you can do that. For just $15, we're going to have a big Scumbags of Wrestling section to cheer on the action. On this card, you'll see Sebastian Suave face Von Vertigo. The Muscle takes on John Greed. Mark Wheeler faces Space Monkey. Jody Threat goes one-on-one with Xander Bale. The Buffalo Brothers have a four-way with Daniel Garcia versus Kevin Blackwood versus Puff and versus Kevin Bennett. The tag team titles are on the line as the well-oiled machines face two of the pillars in Tyson Dukes and Brent Banks. And the main event has Tarek defending the Smash Wrestling Championship against hacker Scotty O'Shea, who's bound to have his two newest members with him. We'll be doing another road trip diary for this show, 
and do our predictions on the trip in the car. I've also been told in the one of the other cars going with us that Daniel and Greg will be doing their predictions, and we'll put it all together for our audio show and see how everybody did. Once again, if you'd like to join us for this show, please contact me at our Facebook page, and we'll get you as part of our Scumbags of Wrestling section. On October 14th, at the Rec Room in Toronto, Smash Wrestling returns for a free show in appreciation of the staff. All donations for the show will be shared with the 25-plus staff members who make Smash Wrestling as enjoyable as it is for each of us who attend. Already scheduled for this event will be Sebastian Suave versus Joe Hendry. Tyson Dukes takes on Tarek for the Smash Wrestling title. Scotty O'Shea and Killscreen face Puff, Daniel Garcia, and Kevin Blackwood as results of what happened last week at London Vacation. And Brent Banks will face Aiden Prince. All the talent on this show have offered their time free of charge and we're taking zero payment for this event. And on October 27th, at the 5th Annual London Comic Con, the Canusa Classic comes to the Western Fair Agriplex. This will be the 6th Annual Tournament with Team Canada facing Team USA in a best-of-seven series. Each team currently has six representatives with the final members yet to be revealed, and then the matchups. Representing Team Canada is Xander Bell, Jody Threat, Nicole Matthews, Lufisto, Cat Power, and Casey Spinelli. Over on the USA team is Veda Scott, Allison Kay, Jordan Grace, Sue Young, Tessa Blanchard, and and the recently added Nevaeh. If you have a pass to London Comic Con, that gives you general admission to the Canusa Classic. However, if you'd like to get up close and personal with the event, the first four rows are for sale as a VIP status. Check out London Comic Con for and Smash Wrestling for more details on the costs and availability for these VIP seats. My name is The Muscle, Smash Wrestling's hottest free agent. I toss bodies and wheel hotties, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast. After a few weeks of hiatus from the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory due to work schedules and everything going on, we returned this week as I caught up with both Kyle Boone and Chris Mitchells after the London Vacation Show. So, without any further ado, we return to the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory with From the Factory Line. Now for a new segment on the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast, direct from 
the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory. It's from the production line. A look at the new students that Tyson produces from the factory. We'll ask the questions of how they got started and where they plan on going, what their experience has been, and what their inspirations were. Over the next couple of weeks, we'll talk to each of his uh, students and get a new profile and see where they start and where the future is. We'll follow up a year later, hopefully, and see where their career has taken them. Already, some of their students have participated in dark matches for Smash Wrestling. And we're back with the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast, and we're continuing with our series of From the uh, Factory, and uh, Tyson just recently posted that the graduating class of his first group is coming up uh, next month, so before that happens, we're trying to get the last two members of the class going and continue the series. Right now, I'm just uh, with Chris Mitchell, and uh, how are you doing today? not doing too bad how are you doing today well a little bit scratchy throat as you can hear but uh yeah so we just finished uh seeing smash london vacation you were in the uh opening match yep. and uh so it was you and the other guys from the uh class how did that go uh it, i think it went fairly well i mean uh actually colt bowman's first match he did really uh, really well on it uh kyle boone always fun to work with so you know it's just it was a good time so I have a list of questions that I've asked the other ones, and so it keeps it generic, and then we'll uh, check in in a year and see how things are, or even last time, depending on what goes on. No, but uh, what was your earliest memory of wrestling, and what got you hooked? Oh, that's a really interesting question. I can't, I can't pinpoint an exact memory. It's just it's always been there. I mean, uh, I remember growing up, me and my brother were really big wrestling fans. He was more than I was, so that kind of what got, like, my first memory is just watching uh, stuff with him. Most, most of the Attitude Era, I think, is what uh, got me hooked. Um, but as for what hooked, hooked into becoming a wrestler, uh, it was always one of those things where uh, I, f- I felt that it was one of the goals that I couldn't reach. I was like, oh, let's be a wrestler. I'm like, all right, let's be realistic. Let's not, let's not do that. And then... Uh, about, I don't know, maybe about four, three or four years ago, I started training here in London, and uh, I just I got hooked ever since. So, bringing that up, um, I did actually see you wrestle at Comic Con last year and a couple times beforehand. So I totally wasn't sure if you were actually one of Tyson's students or if you were helping him. So, how did that come about that you hooked up with Tyson? Uh, well, originally I, I I am a student, but I kind of I helped uh, kind of a little bit behind the scenes with helping out uh, starting the class. Not so much with the class itself. I didn't do any of that. But like while he was looking for a place, I actually stored his ring for him. I kept in constant contact. Like I was always uh, I was very involved with what was happening. Not so much the training aspect because I I am a student. I'm not another. I'm I'm not higher than that. I'm just I'm just as like everybody else. I went in there and. Tyson's the best. If you want to be the best, you learn from the best. So I went in there and I pretty much told him, like, act like I know nothing and start me from scratch. Make whatever I'm doing, I want to be better. Awesome. Yeah, as I said, I'd seen you before, and so that line I was kind of blurred on. And then uh, I asked, actually, Violet Lee, who the sixth student was because I could identify 
five of the six, and she said it was you. I'm like, oh, well, I was planning on talking to you anyways. So that worked out awesome. Um, So what's been your highlight so far um, prior to Tyson Dukes and since being with Tyson? Ooh, uh, highlights since before him? Uh, There's not a a lot, I'm not going to lie. Actually, there's one that I... I had, and as uh, specifically, I love being being the heel. I'm I'm not really a good face. A lot of people like to make me the face, and I ask why. Mm-hmm. But uh, my my I think my highlight before we're uh, going with Tyson is I was working the show in uh, in Brantford, and just by announcing my name, the entire crowd booed before I even stepped foot in there, and I knew okay, I'm 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 doing something right. Um, highlight since being with uh, since training with Tyson. Um, I haven't had too many matches since, but um, just just kind of the journey in general. Like, there's nothing that stands out. Just the whole way, like how much I've learned, how much I developed. Uh, a big thing is anytime anybody tells me how much different I am, that's that feels like a highlight to me because it feels like I'm doing so. I've really accomplished something. Yeah. So it shows uh, growth that you've had compared to when you weren't with Tyson. That's uh, incredible in itself. Um, so who all have you had matches with? Has it just been uh, the students all together? Uh, but prior to Tyson or before? Both. Oh, <laughs> um, well, I've had uh, matches against many guys. I mean, um, so many I couldn't mm-hmm. name. But like since being with Tyson, I mean, I've I've worked for promotions like uh, Super Kicked, uh, uh, a couple other smaller promotions who are they're starting to regrow. Um, but for the for the Smash crowd, it's primarily just been the other students. And so, how would you describe your training with Tyson compared to what you were doing before? You said obviously there's been a lot of growth, and what does he bring that others don't bring? Um, I feel Tyson just ha- finds a way to see what your strengths and weaknesses are, and he can kind of alter his teaching method to to counterbalance that. I mean. He can find things in you that you didn't know were there. He can find talents or he can find skills that he you didn't even know you had, and he just he pulls it out of you. Yeah, I've uh, dropped in at school a couple times, and I like the fact that he sends you guys out on your own to figure out a match, put it on in the ring, and then helps critique and strengthen it for, say, matches like tonight at the Music Hall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it really benefits, I mean... It gives you a chance to put in your input, and then um, obviously he helps be like, oh, why don't you try this, why don't you try that, so this doesn't make sense if you do this. And it's really, it just really benefits you, because, I mean, not only do you get your chance to put in your input and see what he likes, but then it's like, okay, well, I didn't think about trying that. And there's there's a million things that he'll he'll come up with, and I'm like, oh, I never even thought to try that. And it's just another another perspective, and to have from such a veteran, it really... Uh, really broadens your perspective. Yeah, it's kind of awesome that the fact that you're being taught here in London by a guy who just got invited down to Florida to be at the WD Performance Center, and so you're getting the same experience here as you as they do down there. Oh yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy, and I mean, um, it's just mind blowing. I mean, like the, the man is is just that good. I mean, like he could be could be down there. I mean, I I like to think he's happy here. It works out for all of us because we have such outstanding training. But it's it's just like you said, we're being trained by the same level that they are, and that's really speaking something. I mean, 
the, the the list of people he's trained already is is nuts. And to be part of it, I mean, I don't put myself in the same categories then, but even to be in the same list is, is crazy. Yeah, to be one of Tyson's kids in the list of who's who that have come out of it, because he said he uh, was teaching down in Windsor originally before coming up to London due to his wife. And so everybody is related that way and have that same experience. That's so really awesome in that regards. Um, so intergender matches are getting very popular, especially on the indie scene. Uh, I think the last uh, time they were here in London, Violet Lee was part of a, a six-person tag, and she was the only woman in it. Um, what, obviously, that's a lot different than the mainstream of WWE, not allowing really the men and women to touch. Is there any awkwardness for you being in there with a woman, or is it fair game because you're on the same level as performance? Um, it's always one of the things in, in theory only or in thought uh, it seemed it seems like it would be awkward but the second in the row uh, in, in the ring at least my uh, my way of looking at it is you're a performer and I look at you as a performer first before uh, before gender I mean if you're stepping in the ring with me then it's fair game I mean if it's just, it's just how it is I mean I don't I don't care if you're a man or a woman I mean I'll feel a little bit more bad if I slip up and hit a, a girl but I mean it's they're an athlete first, gender second. Yeah. So why do you think it's appropriate? And obviously on the independent scene, and I'm not saying it's not, but why wouldn't say somebody like WD want to do that? Because as you said, it's fair game. We're all on the same page uh, when you do that. Um, in my opinion, that's it's a really blurred line that it can be taken the wrong way. And when you and you have a an enterprise as big as WWE, they don't want to risk that. They don't want to risk that, oh, they're looking at it the wrong way because it can be taken the wrong way that you're you're hitting women and it's not something they want to promote. And they're a little bit more... Corporate? They're a bit more corporate. They're a bit... Uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're just... I don't know. It's just that they, they send more of a message than the independent scene. I mean, it's not that they take anything away from the independent scene. It's it's booming right now. It's the biggest it's ever been. But I think we have a little bit more leeway to try something new, whereas yeah. they know what works and they know what doesn't, and they don't want to they want to risk putting out the wrong message. Okay, yeah, totally can see that. Uh, so, want to thank you for your time. Um, graduation's coming up next month. So, what does that uh, do for you guys beyond the schooling? Uh, I'm a person who I, I think too far ahead sometimes and it really messes me so this time uh, I'm not really worrying about it I mean when I graduate I don't I don't plan on stopping with Tyson I know that, that uh, I'll be technically graduated from the school but I'm still going to train I'm yeah. still going to do everything because I can learn from him for years to come and, and Tyson seems to have an open door policy so it wouldn't matter oh, very much uh, officially or unofficially there as a first class uh, so where can people reach you out to you uh, you can find me uh, on Instagram at cmitchells99, and uh, I have a Twitter account, but I can't, for the life of me, cannot tell you. I'm pretty sure it's the same, C C Mitchell's, uh, at cmitchells99. Great. Well, thank you again for your time, and uh, all the best for your career. We'll check in later. Well, thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks, man. Thank you, Dean. Want to be a wrestler? The time is now to join the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory. The first class is going to graduate in October, and it's going to leave a lot of open space. 
Learn from one of Canada's best wrestlers and trainers around. Tyson has been wrestling since 1997 and has wrestled for Blood, Sweat & Years, Border City Wrestling, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, WWE, was part of the first Cruiserweight Classic and one of the longest reigning champions for Smash Wrestling. Tyson just recently spent a week in Florida as a guest trainer at the WWE Performance Center. The Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory is located at 309 Exeter Road in London, Ontario and is open every Monday, Wednesday and Thursday evening from 6pm to 8.30. Find out why Tyson is one of the pillars of Smash Wrestling. The Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory teaching the new generation of hopefuls into superstars. And we're back with the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast, and we're uh, finishing up our series of the uh, From the Factory Tyson Duke students at uh, Tyson Duke's Wrestling School. They're doing their graduation uh, class, the first class next month in October. And to wrap up the series, I have Kyle Boone with me. How are you today, Kyle? I'm good. How are you? Uh, as you can tell, a little scratchy voice, but uh, going to make it through this and. Uh, don't want to miss anybody of the first class. So I want to get that. Uh, so we're here at the music hall. Just finished up London vacation. How was your uh, match tonight? It was awesome. I won. It was a triple threat match against Colt Bowman and Chris Mitchells. So it was Colt Bowman's uh, first match, and I was glad to beat him. <laughs> yeah, and there was some a little highlight after that. Um, I guess his uh, girlfriend, now fiance, didn't really want to get to the ring as they were trying to get her there to uh, do the proposal. I definitely want to catch up to him uh, and see how that experience was. Um, so I guess my first question is, what was your earliest memory of wrestling? My earliest moment was probably Steve Austin in The Rock going at it. I don't know exactly what year this was, but I was very young, like three or four years old, to be honest. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, options for that, considering they did three WrestleManias yeah, exactly. in a row from like, that's, 15 that's to saying. 19. Um, so that obviously inspired you to watch wrestling, but what got you to say, hey, I'm going to step into that ring and do this? Hmm. I, always, I always was like, this is my dream. Like. There is no specific reason why I got into wrestling. It was just, it was something I had to do. I couldn't, I couldn't go with my whole life saying, like, what if. So I, was, I chose to do it. Awesome. Understandable. Um, so what has been your highlight so far? Uh, I know your first match was a couple of months ago, I think April 29th-ish. Yeah, it was, was actually it? in the London Music Hall as well. I was, uh, it was a two-on-two -two against three of uh, my trainees with Tyson so I knew all three of them very well and we had an awesome match um, my hi my highlight would probably be I actually had a match with Tyson and Brent Banks last night and it wasn't a long match or anything but it was it was just awesome to get in the ring with them 
So that was uh, in Oshawa? That was in a uh, small town, Paisley. Oh, okay, Paisley. Because I saw uh, on uh, Facebook there was the uh, dad road trip of all the <laughs> yeah, boys in the back yeah, and Tyson driving. Our yeah, way. We, were going, we were going to Paisley and <laughs> the car rides with all, with all of us are just insanely funny. While Lee was riding shotgun and oh, yeah. taking photos. Yeah, I chose back seat, by the way. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, you just mentioned some of your uh, matches with the other students mm -hmm. and with uh, Brent Banks. Anybody else that has uh, been acknowledged or name-wise that you've been with? Yeah, I've been with Shane Saber, uh, Preston Miles. Preston Miles actually really helped me out a lot. I... He was one of the first people I've gone against without being in the factory with Tyson. And he taught me so much about wrestling. Like, just going against someone like him was just amazing. Yeah, it's good to have a uh, different experience. So what brought you to go to Tyson's uh, school? Well, I was actually going to go to Calgary and work with uh, Lance Storm. But I saw that Tyson was opening up the school in London. And I l actually just moved to London last, yeah, last year. And I was, I saw it on Instagram, and I'm like, I shot Tyson a message right away. I was like, Hey, what are the details here? Like, I'm totally, I'm totally interested. Like, there is no way I was not gonna do it, especially with Tyson. Yeah, know? yeah, he definitely has a knack for it. As I was talking uh, just a moment ago with uh, Chris Mitchell's, um, the fact that Tyson was just down in uh, Florida as yeah. a guest trainer at uh, the Performance Center, you're getting the same training uh, level as those guys down oh, yeah. there. Yeah, I say, I always tell people that. I'm like, hey, Tyson was training with all these WWE guys, and he, now he's training us. Like, how much better could you get? It's, it's just, like, amazing that we are so lucky to have him as a trainer. Yeah, he's good enough to be invited there. So, obviously, he's doing something right yeah, and exactly. after all these years. And so, you you guys are going to get a wealth of knowledge from that. Oh, yeah. Um, so, how would you describe that training with Tyson? With Tyson, it's, it's probably the best experience I've ever had. It's, I'm, I've always, I've been the athletic kid for a while. And... It's just something that I enjoy doing. Like, I like the movements. I like everything about it. It's it can be hard sometimes. Like, you get slammed to that mat, and it's just, why am I doing this? But then it's like because I love it, you know. Yeah, um, I said to Chris as well. That I've dropped into the school and seen how he, uh, he his teaching style is having you guys uh, figure out yourself, and then he'll break it down and help you guys figure out what you did wrong or how you could improve which is awesome yeah it's um he'll show he'll always like show us how to do everything tell us how to do it and we just it's just all about reps do it do it do it do it do it just keep going yeah there was an insane one that i saw with you guys warming up i think one time grabbing your ankles and uh, yeah doing rolling rolling oh. through without uh, releasing your ankles yeah. i'm just like wow even if i was in shape i could not <laughs> do that yeah <laughs> The first, the first time that I ever did one of those, I'm like, what? Yeah. What am I doing here? But the, now, now it's just natural. And then the challenge to see who was going to actually let go, and mm. he was surprised at what he did, and you had to do it a second round just to see if it would happen. Um, so intergender matches, 
are very popular on the independent scene. Mm -hmm. uh, Violet Lee's first match was in a mixed match with you guys. Oh, yeah. The five of you plus her in a six-person match. And what was your thought when you, Tyson said, hey, you're going to be training and being on the same level as women? Was there any awkwardness? No, there wasn't any awkwardness. Violet Lee is one of my best friends, and she's one of the best best people to work with in the ring to be honest like man, men or man or woman like she's one she's one of my go-to people so I was no awkwardness I love getting in the ring with her she's she's such a hard worker and I, sorry I think that's one of the awesome parts about the uh, independent uh, scene is that men and women are treated equally as opposed to the corporate version of WWE yeah. where the women can hit guys like Brie Bella's been hitting yeah, Miz, but, but he can't the men do it can't back. hit the girl. Um, but you guys have somewhat carte blanche on that. Yeah, yeah. Like we, obviously it's still something that you don't, you don't want to have too much of, but it's, there is room for it and that's why we do it. And it helps that it's a it's, performance art yeah, as exactly. opposed like, to... Yeah, exactly. There is no reason why... A, a woman wouldn't be able to beat up a man, so why, why wouldn't we be doing that, you know? So I want to thank you for your time, and uh, just wonder how can people reach out to you? Well, man, you can find me on Instagram at the Kyle Boone. You can shoot me a message. I'm in London. You, if you want to talk about bookings or anything, I go through Tyson right now. And so anything that you want to talk about with that uh, usually goes through Tyson first. Great. Well, thank you for your time. And your 11 months of training yeah, is definitely paying one month, off. One, month and then one more graduation. month and graduation. So congratulations on that. And thank awesome. you for your time. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was fun. Hey, guys. We're looking to make a big splash at the Canusa Classic happening during London Comic Con. Show your uh, scumbag colors by going to twistedmerch.com where Twisted Tees is going to be selling our t-shirts. You can get the original Scumbags of Wrestling logo shirt based off the WWF Superstars of Wrestling logo. There's also the Scumbags of Wrestling Raw is War inspired logo. Plus, brand new to the collection is our Scumbags of Wrestling podcast logo based on the Survivor Series Get your t-shirts now for $25. If you order directly through me, I'll save you the shipping and handling, and I'll donate some of the uh, proceeds to Cody Deaner's latest Giver for Charity event. So be sure to get your t-shirts in time for Comic-Con during October 26th to 28th. Uh, go to Twisted Tees at... TwistedMerch.com Support the Scumbags of Wrestling Support this podcast And support Cody Deaner's Gear for Charity Last night Ring of Honor presented Death Before Dishonor Coming from Las Vegas, Nevada Here's a quick rundown of what happened During that event Juice and Thunder Liger Faced Kenny King. King won with a spine buster. The Briscoe brothers were challenged by the team of Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian for the tag team titles. The Briscoes hit a jade driller on Daniels 
for the win to retain the belts. Sami Sakai retained the women's title over Tennille Dashwood with an armbar submission when Tennille passed out and they were playing up the injury that she had and was visibly showing it with tape on her shoulder. Punishment Martinez beat Chris Sabin with a psycho driver, silent stomp, and side slam combination to retain the Ring of Honor television title. Jeff Cobb then made the save after Martinez continued to go after Sabin. Bully Ray and Silas Young won a tables match against Colt Cabana and Flip Gordon. The ref had been knocked down, and Gordon missed a 450 splash and went through a table that Young was placed on. Bully Ray then placed Young on top of Gordon in time for the ref to recover and see Young on top of Gordon, assuming that he had put Flip through the table, and he rang the bell, giving them the victory. There was a huge 10-man tag match that happened next, featuring Cody, the Young Bucks, Marty Skrull, and Hangman Page. They went on to beat Okada, Tomohiro Ishii, Chucky e. T, Beretta, and Rocky Romero. During the match, the Bullet Club showed signs of miscommunication. Nick Aldis also joined the commentary team and was promoting his rematch with Cody at the NWA 70th anniversary show in Nashville. Jim Cornette is scheduled to be on the commentary team, and Tony Giovanni is coming to be a commentator on the main event. The match will be for the NWA championship and has now been turned into a best two out of three falls match. The main event saw Jay Lethal counter a top-rope Frankensteiner into a powerbomb and hit the lethal injection on Will Ospreay to retain the Ring of Honor championship. After the match, Lethal and Ospreay shook hands out of respect, but were then attacked by Vinnie Marsgela and T.K. O'Brien. Jonathan Gresham came down to fight off the two heels and chase them away. Matt Taven then came out carrying a Ring of Honor title, stating that he was the real Ring of Honor champion to end the show. The action in the ring was actually pretty uh, good, especially in the latter half of the show. And I guess it kind of helped the fact that the audience came alive in the second half. They were quite dead in the first half. And it was quite odd for a Ring of Honor show, considering the dedication that they usually have and the fandom. Should be interesting to see where they go from here with the two Ring of Honor champions. In WWE news, Brie Bella accidentally kicked Liv Morgan in the face twice while doing her yes kicks as part of their six-woman tag team match this week on Raw. Morgan collapsed to the mat and was taken to her corner to tag out, but still managed to be on autopilot to be into the ring for a triple suplex. That sent the show into a break, and after that, ringside officials and doctors made sure that Morgan did not get into the ring. Since that match, Brie Bella has taken a lot of flack from fans on the internet, stating that she's been very sloppy and was reckless in what she ended up doing. While I can agree with the fact that since her return, it has not been as successful as it might have been, and considering her history of being in the ring for quite some time, 
She has been away for a little while since giving birth to her, to Birdie. And since then, it hasn't been very successful. She nearly tripped on the ropes doing a suicide dive in her first match back with her sister. And then in that same match, she tried the dive again and nearly landed on her neck. Her match with Maurice wasn't that great, though her tag team match with her husband seemed to be okay at Hell in a Cell. It just has not uh, gotten the ring rust off her, I don't think, yet. But there's a lot of people who've come to her defense, and they've stated quite fact that she didn't go out there intentionally and do it. It was the heat of the moment. A lot of momentum raised her leg up too high instead of hitting Liv in the sternum and quickly tried to rectify it by getting her over to the corner. Unfortunately, accidents do happen in wrestling, and this is one of those accidents that have happened. Uh, since then, Liv Morgan has had a medical checkup. She has been diagnosed with having a concussion and will now have to pass impact testing before she can get back into the ring. With any luck, this will be a short-term layoff, and she'll be able to be at ringside during the upcoming weeks of Monday Night Raw and be cleared in time to be part of the Evolution event on the 28th of October. With all the network specials being planned for, WWE is also in the plans for SmackDown 1000, which will happen on October 16th. It is expected that a lot of former talent that appeared on SmackDown will return just like the Raw 25 episode. Unless there are plans to have Rey Mysterio make an appearance during the Australia Super Showdown next Saturday, it's most likely that Ray could return during the anniversary celebration as he was a prominent figure during the first brand split and was the champion during his time there. One return that has been confirmed is the fact that Evolution will reunite for the first time in 15 years. All four members, Ric Flair, Triple H, Batista, and Randy Orton will be in the ring as part of that show. Sure, Triple H, Batista, and Randy were together in 2014 when they had their fight with The Shield before Seth Rollins turned heel on his brothers, but they were not with Ric Flair, and this marks their first time together. Though it is kind of odd that while Triple H, Randy Orton, and Batista have had success in singles careers on SmackDown and been champions there and led the uh, brand at different points. They were never together as Evolution on that show. Evolution was a raw faction only until Batista won the Royal Rumble and challenged Triple H for the heavyweight championship. So I don't know why. Maybe it's just the fact that Batista is going to be close to home at that time and they're in his home state, but Evolution will be on SmackDown Live during the 1,000th episode. Who would you like to see also appear? Give us a uh, 
showed at our Facebook page. There's a lot of talk about Super Showdown next weekend being just a glorified house show and a setup match for what's going to happen in Saudi Arabia because they're paying even more money than what Australia is paying. And in that instance, the hyped final time ever between Triple H and Undertaker might be their final time singles-wise, but it'll end up possibly happening that there is no contest as Shawn Michaels and Kane are both in their mutual corners representing Triple H and Undertaker, and it'll set up the much-talked-about return to the ring of Shawn Michaels, and then we'll have DX against the Brothers of Destruction. Since WD is returning to Saudi Arabia for Crown Jewel on November 2nd, Rumors have even gone further to speculate that Shawn Michaels will be doing more than just that one match at Crown Jewel, and this is then a final next setup for Undertaker against Shawn Michaels, again one-on-one, where possibly Shawn would get his revenge since he ended up losing both back-to-back years at WrestleMania. And this could happen at this year's Survivor Series at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. While I was writing all that out, kind of made me think about the fact that Undertaker made his debut at the Survivor Series. A lot of people have speculated that he should have been retired after he left his hat and coat in the middle of the ring after losing to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, but he still keeps on coming back. Even though there was times where Undertaker had no respect or trust in what Shawn Michaels was going to do, especially around WrestleMania 14. Is this a possibility that since they did get a lot of mutual respect and had possibly some of their best matches against each other, whether it was at Hell in a Cell, Bad Blood, but also their two WrestleMania matches, this might be Undertaker wanting to finally retire one can only hope, and to save his legacy, in my case, in my view. But maybe he wants to go out at the event where he started at, and at Survivor Series, with Shawn Michaels being the one who finally takes him out, as he took out Shawn Michaels. Who knows? Could be an interesting situation. We'll just see what the next six to eight weeks produces. This week, SmackDown seemed to be the best show of the week, and had the most coming out of it. Not necessarily due to the action, but a lot of storyline was built up. Because you had Aiden English tease that Lana might have had some sort of infidelity uh, night, one night in Milwaukee. And the fans latched onto that really well and were like chanting Milwaukee during the night. And Rusev kept on asking what happened in Milwaukee. And Aiden English said that he has evidence and will produce it next week. Does this have anything to do with what The Rock insinuated? Excuse me. What The Rock insinuated a few years ago when he sort of propositioned Lana on SmackDown? Never know. Becky Lynch continues to be cheered by the fans, even though WWE wants it to go the other way and present her as a heel. 
that everybody seems to be rallying around her. And it's has been speculated or quoted by numerous other people that have podcasts and write articles on the internet. She's almost now becoming a stone cold Steve Austin, uh, rebellious act in a way because the fans are cheering her for her dastardly deeds. And that included her attacking Charlotte this past week while she was doing her photo shoot. At this moment, I don't know if there's anything that Becky Lynch could do that would actually have the fans turn on her. Because they even had her turn on the fans the first week after her heel turn at Survivor, I mean, SummerSlam. And then that guy quickly dropped, but they weren't buying her hatred of the fans and not cheering for her. So... WD's got a lot to go if they truly want her pigeonholed as a heel. If not, she's going to be cheered as a fan favorite no matter what they do. The opening segment with Truth TV was surprisingly a success. I don't even know if the writers thought that was going to happen. You know, he had Daniel Bryan on there, and The Miz came out got involved, and they ended up having their match for possession of the TV show. But just because The Miz won and will still have Miz TV, I think Truth TV got over really well with the fans there. And there is something that could happen with that if they really want to do it. And with R-Truth being up there in age, this could be something that would keep him around a lot longer. And the whole night was actually bookended by Miz and R-Truth as they did their opening segment and then had another comedy segment at, as part of Mix Match Challenge. And I actually really loved the Samoa Joe ending with AJ Styles. However, AJ Styles probably does not have Styles written on his mailbox since that's not his actual family name. And so, whose house was Joe actually at? But then, why was AJ still yelling at the video screen where Joe wasn't able to hear anything they were saying? It wasn't stopping. He should have probably hopped out of the ring or asked somebody around ringside to borrow their cell phone just to call his wife and warn her that Joe was coming. But instead, he stood there yelling at the screen and getting nowhere. Why didn't Paige offer him her phone? She was there during the time for the contract signing. It just seemed really odd. I hope, in a way, that as much as Super Showdown is looking like a glorified house show, just getting network exposure that maybe this is the time that Samoa Joe does actually take the title because this is the third time that they have fought each other in a row on a network special. And if that comes up again with AJ winning and Joe losing, it's going to be Shinsuke Nakamura all over again. That should have gone one way or another, Get put him over. I really didn't care whether the title flip-flops a little bit with those guys because it shows how evenly matched and 
good they are together, any of those three. And unfortunately, that feud with AJ did not do any good for Shinsuke. Sure, he's now the U.S. champion, but I don't know. Try that again with Samoa Joe. I He'll lose a lot of credibility that he's fought so hard to build up. So I definitely hope that Joe takes the title from AJ. And even though Matt Hardy just recently announced his retirement as he fulfilled his obligated matches that he was booked for, he appears now to be making a comeback but doing a TV show with a pilot being filmed at the Hardy compound. He sent out tweets for Senior Benjamin to get Vanguard 1 ready and get the house all ready for guests to show up and maybe there'll be some some success on that side of things if he's given that green light to be creative they have jeremy borash there he was part of the success of how the broken matt hardy gimmick worked in impact tna and maybe they'll find some magic for the WWE network with a show going on with them popping up once a week or whatever, sort of just a half hour quick thing and doing the woken gimmicks there. Along with the Saudi Arabia crown jewel show again, uh, there's been speculation that Hulk Hogan might make his on camera return to WWE. He was already backstage, and we know that debacle that happened with his apology, or non-apology, warning to not get caught by people because of the dangers of the internet. But the Saudi Arabia show might be where Hulk Hogan returns to WWE TV as a public visual figure. Uh, There's a lot of money being thrown around for that show. We see the possibility and almost guarantee that Shawn Michaels is going to be back in the ring due to that money being thrown around. Hulk Hogan could be next. The Prince wants Ultimate Warrior and Yokozuna. That ain't going to happen. But Hogan can. Does anybody want to see it? What can he do? Will he bring the other two members of the NWO, Hall and Nash, with him as they're back together doing tours and they're going to do a special I think on October 27th in Florida as part of Conrad Thompson and Eric Bischoff doing 83 weeks live I guess money definitely does talk and we'll see what the future holds and finally the other night Cesaro made a surprise appearance at an NXT house show he got involved with the Cassius Ono and Adam Cole match. After it, they both cut a promo, and it was the return of, or should I say, reuniting of the former Kings of Wrestling with Ono and Cesaro. There had been speculation in the past that Sheamus wanted to hang up his boots, and maybe this is why that. They did the tag team of the bar. But if he does get serious about wanting to step away from the ring and pursue other things, including acting, if they brought up Cassius Ono to the main roster, 
they could always put together the Kings of Wrestling again. Though that will have to wait until at least after NXT TakeOver, as it's speculated that Cassius Ono is sort of the gatekeeper of NXT and is going to be the one to sort of do the Brooklyn Brawler uh, role of testing out the new talent before they get to advance further into NXT. And that first challenge for Matt Riddle could be Cassius Ono at the TakeOver show. I'm proud to say that WWE will be making history in Australia, presenting Super Showdown on Saturday, October the 6th, the first ever live WWE broadcast from Melbourne at the iconic Melbourne Cricket Ground. Super Showdown will feature John Cena, Ronda Rousey, and practically every superstar from Monday Night Raw and SmackDown Live, along with some of the greatest legends in sports entertainment, including... Shawn Michaels, Big Show, and Kurt Angle. By the way, The Undertaker and Triple H will compete against each other for the very last time, ending an iconic era in WWE. Promoter Paul Daney and I invite the entire WWE universe in Australia and around the world to witness the biggest WWE live event in Australian history, WWE Super Showdown, Live from the MCG in Melbourne on Saturday, October the 6th. Next Saturday, October 6th, 2018, from the Melbourne Cricket Club in Melbourne, Australia, WD presents Super Showdown. It's the biggest WWE live event ever in Australia and will come to us on the WWE Network. Here in our area, we'll have to get up quite early to see it at 4am on October 6th. The card has a lot of rematches from the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view and also highlighted by The Undertaker versus Triple H in what has been billed one last time. Triple H will have Shawn Michaels in his corner, and Undertaker will have Kane in his corner. As many have speculated, this is just a setup match to lead us to the Saudi Arabia show on November 2nd at Crown Jewel. Other matches on the card include Bobby Lashley with Leo Rush, teaming with John Cena to take on the team of Elias and Kevin Owens. Dana Bryan faces The Miz in a singles match to determine the number one contender to the WWE Championship. The Shield, Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins will team together to go against the Dogs of War, Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre in six-man tag team action. Currently scheduled, the Bella Twins will team up with Ronda Rousey, to face the Riot Squad of Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, and Sarah Logan. This lineup is in the air at the moment due to the injury to Liv Morgan suffered this past Monday night on Raw. Hopefully, things will be cleared in time for this match. If not, they will have to find alternatives, maybe even Nikki and Ronda teaming to go against Ruby and Sarah. Cedric Alexander defends the... WWE Cruiserweight Championship against Melbourne's own 
Buddy Murphy. The New Day will defend against the Bar. Oscar and Naomi team up to go against Australia's own Iconics, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. Becky Lynch will defend her WWE SmackDown Women's Championship against Charlotte Flair. And AJ Styles will face Samoa Joe in a no-count-out, no-disqualification match for the WWE Championship. Once again, all this happens in Melbourne, Australia, October 6th on the WWE Network. The WWE Network specials continue when WWE presents Evolution on October 28th from the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Uniondale, New York. As announced on July 23rd, 2018, on Monday Night Raw by Stephanie McMahon, there'll be an all-women's pay-per-view called Evolution, featuring over 50 WWE superstars from the past, present, and future, also known as NXT. As of this recording, we know for sure that there's going to be seven matches. On this night, we'll see Lita take on Mickey James, Alexa Bliss, Faces Trish Stratus. The NXT Women's Championship will be on the line as Carrie Sane defends against former champion Shayna Baszler. The May Young 2018 tournament finals will happen along with the NXT UK Championship, the SmackDown Women's Championship match, and the Raw Women's Championship match. Hopefully after... Super Showdown next week. They will be putting the pedal to the metal and showing us what the rest of the card will be. There was a leaked uh, assumed card, but we're not going to go with that until it, things are confirmed. So once again, that is WWE Evolution happening on the WWE Network October 28th. On November 2nd, WWE returns to Saudi Arabia for WWE Crown Jewel. The last time they were there, in April, they had the greatest Royal Rumble. This time, they're going to determine who the best is in the world with a World Cup Championship Tournament. There's plenty of international superstars currently on the WD roster and NXT roster, so it should be interesting to see what countries are represented and by who. Also scheduled for the event for the Universal Championship is Roman Reigns defending against Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman in triple threat action. We'll see if there's any fallout from Super Showdown and the speculated tag team match of D-Generation X versus the Brothers of Destruction. More matches will be announced as they get going. This card should get put together quite quickly after WWE Showdown next Saturday. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll be back with our next episode with results from Don't Test Karma, the Smash Wrestling Show from Kitchener, Ontario, happening tomorrow, along with preview and predictions for WD Super Showdown happening at 4 a.m. on October 6th. Be sure to check out some of our new features going to be coming up in the coming weeks over on our Facebook page, Scumbags of Wrestling. 
along with some of our friends of the podcast, like Chris Maloney over at the Sharpshooter, at the Sharpshooter podcast and the Sharpshooter website. On there, you'll find all the different events outside of Smash Wrestling that are happening in Ontario. You can also look forward to more news and information from our friend over at the signature spot, Chris Toplack. He's retired the Ask the Top bi-weekly podcast and is now going to do a weekly podcast called The Signature Spot. Check him out over on YouTube or wherever you find your podcasts. And we'd also like to thank Jay Watt along with his bandmates from Kill Effect for our opening and closing song. Check them out at Kill Effect. Be sure to find us and subscribe on anywhere you find your podcast and hit that like and notification and subscribe button so you can find out whenever we put out the next podcast. We'll be doing some upcoming things along with advertising for the Canusa Classic. So there'll be a couple extra shows reviewing past Canusa Classics, getting us ready for this year's event at the Western Fair Agriplex during the 5th Annual London Comic Con. October 27th. Until next time, this is Sean signing out, and we'll see you on our next episode. Take care. Thank you once again for joining us for this episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. If you have any suggestions, feel free to send us a note on our Facebook page or email us at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com. And before you and today's show, be sure to subscribe, like, or favorite our episode so you can catch us anytime we put out a new episode. Granted, I understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night's.